Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, December third, two thousand twenty-one. Less than a month left in the year, and that means you know things that you're going to have to do for taxes are coming up. Certain things you have to do before the end of the year. Okay, so might want to start thinking about it. I know you're busy with holidays and all that stuff, but still have to think about that too. Okay, so before December is up, make sure you give some consideration to. You know, taxes, you know, tax loss selling in your accounts if you need it. You know, capital gains you might be able to offset by realizing capital losses that you haven't taken yet, if you have them, you know. But you got to, you know, you still got to pay attention to building that portfolio. And the markets have been very, very volatile this last week or so. I mean, that's ever since last Friday, that was a big down day. Remember that? The day after Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's been very volatile all week. And I don't know if that's going to stop. We've had a huge correction, really, in one part of the market. Take a look at the NASDAQ, two, the Russell 2000, from its top to the to the bottom. Dramatic moves. Not in the overall market. But, you know, you still have you got to pay, pay attention. And I know you want answers. To, you know, want answers to specific questions, and that's okay. We're here. Anything financial, we'll talk about. I do enjoy answering your questions, and you know, I I I will give you the straight, honest answer I can I can conceive of. I have no axe to grind, no parties to please, other than myself. So I'm going to give you what I think is the facts, the truth. I mean, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I will give you the truth uh, and facts as I know them, okay? So, that's our mission on this statement. We're independent thinking and shared success, and I'm going to give you the facts. That's my mission. You know, all the explanations on the processes that we go through, the stock the stock companies that we look at, the fundamentals, I'll give you what I have in front of me of all the data that I buy that I'll share with you. I do that without any bias. I'm just going to give you the facts. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you to contact me. Give me a call. Your financial investment questions drive the show, and I want you to drive it. It's up to you. So, give me a call. Our number is always the same. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific Time, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday, and the number is always the same, 888-99-CHART, 888-99-CHART. 
So let's get right to the first question. Here's one that came in earlier. Stephen Justin, this is James from Georgia. I'm looking at ticker symbol O-R-A-N. That company's name is Orange. I took a position with this company. It pays a very good dividend, but I understand they were recently in the news. Anything that I should be concerned with? Should I just hold this stock? Should I get away from it? I would appreciate your advice. Have a great day. Okay, yes. Uh, this is Orange ADS. It's an ADR from France. The company's out of France and trading on our exchanges. A French provider of wireless, local exchange, broadband internet services for 230 million customers in 29 countries. It's a $27 billion company growing steadily about 6 to 8% in sales. It's going to make $1.24 next year after making $1.02 this year. After making two dollars and ten cents a share last year, so a dollar twenty-four to ten dollar thirty-three stock that tells you it's uh, what eight or nine PE. Turn equity is very good at fifteen percent, and the stock took a big dump because the um, CFO, Chief Financial Officer, um, CEO. I'm sorry, the Chief Executive Officer. Uh, resigns after conviction. So, so you got real problems there. Um, would I sell it now? I mean, that's, you know, everything, how much of the bad news is already built into the price? Because the stock is still a sound company. It's not like the company is not sound. It is. Um, if I held it, if I held it this long at $10.33, I think I'd just hold it. Because it's worth more than that. I, I, the reason why I even hesitate is because I don't know if all the bad news is out yet. No, no one does. I mean, we don't know yet. I think it is, but I don't know it is. So you got to take your chance. The symbol is O-R-A-N, Orange A-D-S, out of France. It does pay a 7.2% dividend. Can it afford that? Sure, it can because it's going to make $1.24 and it's a $10 stock. So it can 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The market was down today. The Dow was down 60. The NASDAQ down 296 points. And the S&P down 39. So the NASDAQ led the way down. NASDAQ usually leads the way up and usually leads the way down. That's what it does. But have you noticed a dichotomy here where the bigger stocks are doing much better than the smaller stocks? They are. It's true. What is that telling us? Is that telling us anything? I mean, do we can we read into that that well is the market gonna collapse from, from that? Is it gonna correct more or is you know, is it gonna hold up? We can we'll talk about it during the day, I promise you I will. Let's go to Emika in Emika, Emika in Cincinnati. How you doing, Emika? I'm doing well, Steve. Thank you so much for what you and the team are doing and uh, helping us out. Thank you so much for everything. Thank, thank you. I wanted to ask you about DD, D-I-D-I. What happens when a stock um, is delisted? I have some shares in D-I-D-I. If you are in, in this position, what is your next step or what can I do or what, other, what can other people do if they own the stock? Okay. 
You're asking what happens when a stock gets just delisted and if you wanted to sell it or buy more or whatever? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Okay. Yes. Or can I stay, can I still keep oh. my share and yes. um, what can I do? Just because a stock is delisted doesn't mean the stock is now gone. It's still valid. It's just not traded on any exchanges anymore. It becomes on the what we call the pink sheets. Actually, we're pink at one time many years ago. The pink sheets are stocks that are out there that are not uh, listed on any exchange. How do you trade them? How do you know what they're worth? Well, they still get traded, but usually the volume dries up severely, not much volume. And usually the bid-ask price, the difference between the bid and ask, expands. But you could pick up the phone, call up your broker, even if it's an online broker, you still can call them, and you can still sell them on the pink sheets or buy them on the pink sheets. So it's not like it just becomes more, it becomes less liquid very often, less liquid uh, if it gets listed on there. Okay, this is just DIDI, which is Didi Global Inc. China-based company offers mobility technology to improve auto solutions, electric mobility, and auto- autonomous driving. So it you still can trade it. Don't think it's worth, it's not, it, many times delisted stocks go down, 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 then they become penny stocks. So you got to be careful of that. But this company does have sales, I mean, big sales, $6 billion last quarter. So it's not a tiny company. It's not making any money, but it's a pretty big company. So you do, it still does trade. That's what I'm telling you. Any company that gets delisted still trades on the pink sheets. We're moving into a break. I'm uh, now, uh, shoot, give me a call. I'm live. I'm here. This is our number, 888-99-CHART. Give me a call. No two investors have an identical portfolio, so each investor will have different questions. I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. If the questions specific to your portfolio aren't being asked, your situation is not addressed. And I wanted your thoughts on the cannabis market. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein take Invest Talk listener questions each weekday during the program live stream in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour Pacific time. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24 7. Don't forget to call Invest Talk 888 99CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, my focus point today, based on a particular story, a story about are the NASDAQ and the Dow trading in similar pattern to what was evident just before the internet bubble burst? 
That's a theory. We'll take a look at that. Uh, see, but, you know, well, I'll get into it. Why that's not, it's not similar. I mean, there are similarities, but why it's vastly different, a different thing. I also want to talk about the jobs report today. It came out today. It was very disappointing. Uh, and U.S. factory orders. I want to talk about that. And let's see. Did you see? Uh, well, one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, technicals. Current technical analysis for the marketplace. So I just going to talk about the market a lot today. That's in the economy. If I, you know, if we get to it, did you know that Congress today is trying to kill the other, trying to pass a bill that will kill Roth conversions? Won't let you do that backdoor Roth where you can convert a regular IRA to a Roth IRA as much as you want, no, with no limitations of the size. You just have to pay income tax on whatever you convert. And they're trying to get rid of that. So just letting you know. It's in the front of Congress. Don't I don't particularly care for it. I like the way it is set up, but, you know, that's me. 888-99 chart. My trivia question day. My trivia question. Um, we'll get to that. There's going to be oh, – I don't do a trivia question on Friday. That's right. We do the, a little short uh, review of the KPP premium newsletter that goes out on Saturday. I write it today, and I send it out on Friday – I mean, on Saturday – so it'll go out tomorrow. Uh, so that's coming up at the halfway mark. Other topics, you know, I just mentioned what I'll discuss. But, of course, you drive the show. Where do you, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go with your questions? Your questions drive it. So let's swing back to Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from a listener in Miami. Hi, my name is Matt in Miami. I just had a question in regards to the ETF KRBN, Crane Shares Global ETF. It looks like they trade futures on carbon emissions, and I'm trying to kind of comprehend this ETF a little bit more and just gather the risk associated with it. I would anticipate, obviously, with our the nationwide and also worldwide goal to reduce carbon emissions that the price of it would probably rise. So I'm just curious your thoughts on this ETF. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Well, I don't have a lot of information on it. Uh, KRBN, Crane Shares Global Carbon, Exchange Traded Fund, ETF, seeking investment results corresponding to the IHS Market Global Carbon Index. Okay. Uh, it's fairly new. Just came out um, in what, September 2020, so it's not that old. And it has nothing but gone up since then. Pretty much a straight line up. It's at $47.91. It came out at around $20. So I don't have a lot of information. You need to find out what the IHS Market Global Carbon Index is and what it does. Okay? Find out what it does because this ETF is trying to track it. Okay? That's what you need to do. Um. Jobs report was disappointing. Only 210,000 jobs were re, re, uh, were created last month. Very different than the ADP. That this is the official report I'm talking about that came out this morning. ADP earlier in the week came out with closer to 500, and that's what they expected. The expectation was like 573,000, and if you remember right, last month it was 500 546,000. So coming out with 210,000, very very disappointed. Very disappointing. The market didn't like it either. It reacted. Okay, here's a quick reminder. If you missed our recent wealth webinar, 
Investing in an inflationary world? You can watch it for free. Start at investtalk.com, click on webinar, or go to the Invest Talk YouTube channel. We're headed into a break, and my phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART. And the issue here is that the prices just run away from the fundamentals. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and we are all watching the markets go up, then down. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Feasley is here taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, everybody. 888-992-4278. Okay, uh, I wanted to finish the jobs report we were talking about. Uh, 210,000 jobs, which was half or less than half than they expected. The unemployment rate went down, went down to 4.2% from 4.6. Now, you can ask me why that happens when there's so few jobs. Well, you know, they're still producing new jobs, 210,000. And when people drop off the unemployment rates rolls, they don't get counted anymore. So it's, it's very, very possible. Very, very possible. Um, um, uh, um, income, uh, salaries, they went up three tenths of percent. Last month, it was the month before, it was four tenths of percent. So, salaries have risen almost, well, I think it's 4.8 percent year over year. So, income is going up. Uh, the where the jobs were uh, least added, which was, in other words, much different number than the month before, it was in the leisure and hospitality area. They added 23,000 jobs there. And the month before, it was 170,000 new jobs, but only 23,000 in November. Retail jobs actually fell 20,000. Well, 20,000. So it just was not a very good jobs report, and the market didn't like it. Don't like it. You know, usually don't get this kind of jobs report uh, at Christmas time because everybody's hiring at Christmas time. But we know what the problems have been, you know, and there's still plenty of jobs open, but not enough workers returning to work. It's a weird dynamic. It's a very unusual situation. Okay. 888.99 chart, uh, the NASDAQ and the Dow are now trading in a way that is evident just before the internet bubble burst. Now, we are not in the same situation. I don't know how many of you out there listening remember the before the internet bubble burst, but the internet bubble existed because it was very unusual where you had a lot of new companies, new IPOs over a year, 1999, coming out that had no business plan of ever making money. But their stock prices were crazy high. They had no no money. They no. It was eyeballs. You, you have to remember how it worked back then. It was getting people to come to your website. And the business plan was just to get more people. But that doesn't pay the bills, doesn't buy the groceries. You needed income. 
Now, with this bubble we're dealing with, or this alleged bubble that we're dealing with, these companies, these tech companies, make plenty of money. Most of them make lots of money. But the price of those to the money they make is very, very elevated. So that's where that's where you're having trouble because they're just not they're not elevated and you know they're they they're so elevated that you have to have some air let out of the the bubble so to speak if there is a bubble I'm not convinced it's a bubble necessarily um, but what's making this com- this market act so differently is the the is that the now the the Nasdaq the tech stocks are very much underperforming in the small cap stocks, which are a lot of tech stocks in those small caps, are very much underperforming the bigger companies. So I've dealt with sector rotation in the past as far as taking the lead in the movement of the market. In other words, the whole market does not have to collapse to have a correction. It could be a sector correction. It could be several sectors correcting strongly, but the overall market is still not. Other sectors not correcting. And we kind of, we at KPP kind of think that might happen with a commodity sector holding up much better. Now, we're not talking about little tiny commodity companies, big companies, holding them up better than the small companies and commodities companies in general holding up better than any, than the rest of the market. So it's a kind of weird dichotomy. And I have proof of that. I mean, if you take a look at the Russell 2000, which is the small cap stocks, and take a look at its high from its high to its low in just recent weeks, you'll see that that moved down twice as much as the high to low in the last week or so, starting last, what, Thursday, you know, the, the day after Thanksgiving, Friday. So it's, it's just an unusual dichotomy we're having. So, and it could be we just haven't, it just haven't, you know, this hasn't played out yet. So we're not sure. No one knows for sure what the market's going to do. Anybody tells you they do, they're lying to you. It's not, it's not possible to know for sure. You can base it on different, you know, experiences, different valuations, fundamentals. Say, I think fundamentally the economy is strong. Fundamentally. Yeah, we got problems. We got, uh, you know, supply chain problems, employment problems, and inflation problems. Three basic things that are issue at issue. But the economy is still fundamentally strong. Okay. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ceases. So, you will have portfolio questions. You probably do, and I'm here ready to answer. We're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask your opinion on an ETF called XLI. Now is a good time to call Talk 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. 
As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. It's Friday. The weekend is here, or almost here for most people. The markets have been more than interesting, and you want and need unbiased investing guidance. You're in luck. Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Donald. I'm from Pennsylvania. I have a question about ticker symbol S-T-N-E. That's Stone Company Limited, it reached a 52-week low just recently. There have been, actually, there's a class action lawsuit that's been filed against it for false statements, I think. And I just uh, wanted to know what you think of this and whether you think it's a good place. It seems to be oversold, in my view, and probably going to put on half a position in its simply because it's uh, so cheap. Here. Appreciate your time, and I will listen for your answer. Thank you. Bye. Okay, this is a good example of a growth company all of a sudden not becoming so hot of a growth company. It's Stone, Stone Company Limited out of Brazil. Brazilian company provides financial technology solutions for merchants and integrated partners. Now, you need to find out why did it fall so hard? Why? This stock a year ago. A year ago, it was like $85. Today, it's 15 Still growing. It's grown, it's, it's grew in the most recent quarter, 62% in sales. 62% growth in sales. Yet, the stock is collapsing. Well, look at the most recent. Uh, in last month, they reported uh, their, their, their quarterly earnings. And if you look at it, you'll see it had to write off a billion dollars on an investment of theirs. Huge. And their costs, even if you take that out, their costs of running the business far exceeded their profits coming in for that same period, for the, that quarter. <coughs> so they're all of a sudden, they don't look so healthy. They don't look so financially healthy anymore. That's what you're buying into. So make sure you read all the articles about this company before you put any more money. You already put on a position. I I would wait. I'd wait till the stock started to recover, uh, at the very least, and see if they, see what else bad news might be coming out on this stock. 
The KPP Premium Newsletter uh, was finished today and will be sent out and distributed tomorrow to subscribers. In the market conditions section, there's four sections of the newsletter. The first one is the market conditions section. It was a wild ride past this past week. Volatility increased as investors worried about the new COVID variant coming out of Africa. So far, the variant is much milder than popular media and politicians proclaim. Anytime the government restricts travel, which they did, they disrupted travel, that also disrupts supply chain. So the investors probably worried about that. Okay, uh, I, I mentioned that the, you know, the, the I talked about the supply chain just a little bit and said the worry about that was probably the biggest reason why the market wasn't doing very well. Okay, because um, there's really no other, nothing else to drive it. Everything else is knowable. We know what the, uh, you know, what the problems are with the supply chain. The only new thing was this new variant, which appears to be pretty minor. So far, we have one case here in the United States, and the guy is fine. He has it. He's already had a vaccine. Was already vaccinated, and he's recovering. Even in Africa, I mentioned the African country that reported this variant. They're surprised that there's a reaction to it because it's pretty mild, and and you know the symptoms are pretty mild so far as that they reported. This has surprised them. Okay, uh, so the Federal Reserve Base book came out. It was published. That's a book that at 12, all twelve district Federal Reserve districts report on the conditions of their district. Okay, and it said federal the economy across the twelve districts is that it's experiencing modest to moderate increase in growth rates. Hmm. Factors retarding growth are still the same: supply chain disruptions, labor shortages, and and the Delta COVID variant. They didn't mention the new one because it wasn't part of the you know we just found out less than a week ago. So. Uh, they, they, the base book looked pretty healthy. Okay, so what's why the volatility? Why? Why the outstanding volatility? Why such a, a, a jump in volatility? Well, it's hard to know. It, you know, sometimes the market looks for any excuse when it feels like it's overvalued or if it feels like it's undervalued. They look for any excuse to move the market one direction or another. And the littlest things can set it off. And I think this new variant scared people. Anyways, I explain in much greater detail in the newsletter, of course. Um, There's a portfolio management section. Uh, One of the hardest things an investor can face is the need to admit to themselves that they've made a bad investment decision. People like to, when when their choice of stock falls they like to wait till it get even gets even to get out that's not a good way to decide to get in or out of a stock you to wait till you get even that that doesn't make really good sense you have to find out why it fell and was it justified and if it wasn't will it recover each stock is different you know you can't just make general assumptions okay Okay, and remember, you don't let your ego get in the way, and that's one of the things I mentioned. Don't let the ego get in the way, saying, "Yeah, hey, I, I know I'm right." Yeah, you might eventually prove yourself to be right, but 
there's also opportunity cost. Well, it takes you five years to get right. <laughs> you could you know, buy something else and have done much better. Just look at the facts. Try to be cold hard about it. That's why I suggest to everybody, when you buy a stock, write down why you bought it before you bought it. And if those reasons still apply when it goes down, then you know, you don't have then figure out why it went down. There's a reason. You're just not paying attention. Don't let your ego get in the way there. A couple of stock companies and the stock ideas I gave you. Uh, uh, integrated producer of copper and other minerals, a big one. And then the other one, leading producer of primary, uh, primary crop nutrients, phosphate and potash. Two companies. Notice they're both commodity-type companies. I name names, of course, and tell you who they are. And these are just stock ideas, everybody. Just stock ideas. Uh, you know, they're not, go out and buy it. No, that's not what we're saying. We're not telling you to buy or sell. Do your own homework. You got to do it. Okay? You can subscribe to the newsletter. Go to investtalk.com. Let's keep moving. Go back to the Invest Talk voice bank for this question. Hey, Stephen Justin. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. My name is Bip, and I'm calling from Northern California. I had a question about a stock, uh, Corsair Gaming ticker CRSR. They've been hit with supply chain issues and their stock is now, I believe, at the 52-week low. I was wondering if now would be a good time to enter the stock or do you think the stock could potentially go lower? All right, thank you and appreciate your help. All right, bye. Okay, this is Corsair Gaming Inc. It's a fairly new company out uh, back in uh, around September of last year. Uh, so a little over a year old public company, manufacture hardware components, accessories, and peripherals used by gamers and contact, content creators, okay? They're out of Fremont, California. They're going to make $1.59 next year, $1.33 this year. They made $1.53 last year. Um, it's, uh, it's a $21.03 stock, going to make $1.59. So it's not expensive, but Sales growth was doing very, very well quarter after quarter. The most recent quarter before this this one, this would be the June quarter, they were up 24%. Sales up 24%. But September quarter, the quarter just passed, they just reported on, sales shrunk 14%. So what will that do to the earnings? I'm sure there will be a fact, but they are projecting $1.59 a share. So, if you give it a normal 15, a 15 PE, because, you know, it may not be no longer a growth stock, well, that would be what? A $24 stock, and it's 21 now? So, it's pretty reasonably priced. Okay, the range of the PE, 12 to, 20, 12 to 34 over the last five years. Very good return on equity, not a ton of debt, management owns 4%, and mutual funds have been buying over the last year. So this could be a a, 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 a a fall to to look to buy for this company. But try to remember, this is a pretty small company, $1.9 billion company, and it's still falling. you got to wait till it stops falling. You know, in other words, it's got to go sideways for a week or two or start to move up a week or two. Then you can pick it up. No rush. Now, Fridays, generally I make a... Make time for a quick rundown of key benchmark numbers. So here they are. Two-year treasury yield, 0.593%. 0.59. So 
almost 0.6% per year, two-year yield, treasury yield. You always compare that with what it was, was 0.50 versus 0.59. So the yield went up. And you compare that with a 10-year treasury, two and 10-year. It's at 1.36. Last week, it was 1.54. So what that means, if you pay attention, the yield is yield spread squeezed a little bit. Remember, the spread is important. If they start squeezing, that tells you that maybe, maybe there might be some problems ahead. When they're expanding, usually that means everything looks pretty good. Gold price, 1783 an ounce. Last week it was 1847. Still holding up pretty well. Still hadn't done much this year at all. Silver, 2251. Last week it was 2462. Oil was selling at $66.62 a barrel. Last week it was 76. Two weeks ago it was 80. So it's come off its 80 down to 66 or $67 a barrel. And by the way, it's not, you know, when the oil sells in barrels of 47 gallons, the normal barrel of anything, most liquids, is 55, but not oil for some reason. Don't know why for sure. In California, gasoline prices. Well, the NASA average is 337, but California is 469, down a penny from the week before. And, you know, Wisconsin, if you live there and you're buying gas, is 307. It's nice. We don't have that here, <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous. We, we should, but we don't. And most of ours is for two reasons, politics and super high taxes on gasoline. And that's why we have super high taxes, because of politics. Anyways, um, U.S. factory orders rose more than expected 1%. Now, the problem with that is it rose 1% in October because it's an old data. We're getting data now for back in October. But it was up 0.5% for September, and that was revised up from 0.2%. So uh, factory orders were, are doing pretty good as of uh, the end of October. So we don't know what November did, which we just ended, until the end of December. But I'm pretty sure that based on the Beige Book report, factory orders are going to be strong for November. Based on what the 12 district Federal Reserve presidents, vice presidents said. Anyways, year over year, factory orders are up 17.1%. So it, that's, been, that's pretty strong numbers. It's a pretty healthy number. Uh, inventories that are very low are trying to be Rebuilt and it's the problem with that is a lack of uh, supply chain issues, a a lack of smooth, you know, products, raw material in and finished products out. It's it's very erratic. And I mentioned this once before. Remember in the '80s we had moved most of our factories, most factories around the world came up with this just-in-time manufacturing, where the raw products come in just as you need them to get them out and the finished product, instead of the company holding on to reserves of the raw products that they need. No, they don't want to because that costs a lot of money to store that stuff. So they changed to just-in-time manufacturing. Oh, what a much more efficient, much more, much more cost-effective. Yeah, but when you have a supply chain disruption, you don't have a back 
You don't have a back room full of stuff you need to make your products. It's empty, and you can't fill it up. That's you know, so it makes the problem worse. That's just the way it goes. That's what we're dealing with these days. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Next week is going to be very interesting, I think. Uh, you know, what are we going to have? Usually, the month of December is a strong month. Not always, but usually. I'm saying more than, uh, there, I, I remember, you used to remember the stat, I don't remember, but it's much more than 50%, like 70%, something like that. December is an up month. Not so far this month. Not so far. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, the, and and if you really need to look a little bit deeper into the market, what's happening. Not just the S&P 500 and the Dow. That's not giving you much of the story. Remember, both of those indexes consist of the largest companies in the United States. Dow 30 is just 30 largest companies, very large companies, not necessarily the largest, but 30 very large companies. The Dow 500 is from the, lar- the largest 500 companies, so they're overweighted by some very large companies. But maybe you should look at different parts of the market, like the Russell 2000, which is an index of small companies, to find out what's really going on. This is Invest.com. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. And the question is, during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady, at least for blue chip companies as compared to share prices? Or should I expect some fluctuation in the uh, dividend stream that I'm hoping to get. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99Chart. So I was looking, I want to finish what I was talking about before the bank. I was looking at the technicals, the chart for the major, some of the major indexes of the stock market. For instance, the uh, SP 500 is down 4.1% from its high, the NASDAQ is down 5%. Small stocks represented by the Russell 2000 down 12.1% from its high. So that tells you, you know, there's a lot more movement downward by the small companies. But if you look at a chart, look at the Russell 2000 chart, you'll see it's very close to support. If you look at the ETF IWM for the Russell 2000, the the, the price was, as of this morning was two two eleven. Um, I mean, the support is at 211 and the price was at 214. Very close to that support. For the Dow, represented by its ETF DIA, it's at, uh, at 345 and has strong support at 338. The SPY, which is the SP 500 ETF, has strong support at 452 and then stronger support at 4. Uh, uh, 
442 or so, which was the 200-day moving average. And it's close to the four, the higher number. So it, technically speaking, the market hasn't broken down yet. Technically speaking. And the kind of charts. If it holds these numbers, then that means we're probably in for another up leg. Well, but we'll know that. That's why I said before the break, next week is going to be an interesting week. Because I think it's going to be an interesting week. I want to see if these technical things hold up. See if the, the, the stock charts hold up. Or will they break down? And no one knows for sure what that it will. You know, reading the technical analysis is nothing more than an art. It's not a science. And it generally tends to be true. Tends to be true. Those, tech, those support levels I quoted are levels where the market went down before and bounced up. It's done it before. So the psychology is, well, now it's back to where it was on a low before. So and that time, everybody started to buy it. So maybe I should buy it again. It's a mental thing. We're just about ready to wrap up today's podcast, but we have time for one more caller question from our 24-hour listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Justin. I wanted to get your take on company Broadcom. That's the ticker symbol AVGO. It's in my taxable account, um, and it's about 5% of my portfolio. I've already used a long-term capital gain tax on it, so I just wanted to see your overall outlook on this company, see if this is something that I should maybe cut a little bit back on or continue to keep. We'd love to hear your insight. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Well, I would cut back on it because it's expensive. Broadcom, designer of analog ICSs for telecom, industrial, automotive, and computer markets. It's going to make $31.19 a share next year, made $27.94 this year. That's the estimate, and that's up 26% from last year. So it's a very good company growing in the mid-teens. Strong, 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 but it's selling for $558 a share. Okay, that's about 20, what, 20 PE? That's in for uh, 27. Yeah, about a 20 PE in the five year range of 7 to 22. So it's near its high. I, it might be wise to cut you back your position. Actually, it's held up quite well during this recent one-week volatility. It's down, but not very much. It has a lot of support around the $500 level, 500 to 510. It's at 558. So good, solid company. really is. Um, they pay a 2.6% dividend, and management owns 1%, and mutual funds have slowly been buying it in the last year. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. Your positive rating raises our profile. We like that. But if you don't think we're good, don't, don't rate us positively. That's totally up to you. But we would like a positive rating, obviously. And you can leave a brief question. We'll end, we'll get to it quickly, you know, if you want to do that. Independent training, uh, independent thinking, shared success. This is the best talk. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. 
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 